the rusted root. Home noy. So okay, we're we're doing this because this is from the original Matilda, and we learned we couldn't watch it because it had a theatrical. It did have a theatrical release, even though it was very confusing and the internet was confusing about its theatrical release. I don't know. We might pull out a poll and say, like, do you want us to watch Matilda? Because I fucking love that movie. We just should do it as a bonus episode because it's good. We talk about it too much. Um, And I love this song. And I wish I was watching the other Matilda when we watched this Matilda. Yep. So... So here on Ramen Rose, we are talking about things that we wish would have happened with Matilda, the musical. (laughs) Ah. Yeah, sorry. It, uh, um, it, how are you it, doing today, Tabitha? I'm doing fantastical. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, it's been a weird day. It has been a weird day. I we're we're not we're nonsensical. We are very nonsensical. Yeah, that's, that's not that new. It's not. It's not new at all. Oh no. Okay, I did something, but it's fine. But this does come out while we are in uh, Europe. Yeah, it is. It does. Um, which is really cool. Um, we will be abroad. We will be a well. We're always a well. We're always two broads. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now we will be two broads abroad in Europe. Yes, we will. Beware. We'll, we'll actually be three broads abroad in Europe. We will be three broads abroad. Hi, Constanza. Hi, Constanza. We love you. Um. So, yeah. Um, I Have you seen the actual stage musical? So, I watched the Tonys. Um, I watched, I watched, I watched the Tonys thing about it. So I watched Revolting Children happen Mm -mm. at the Tonys. And that was it. I got to see this the last time I was in London. (gasps) And literally, I almost cried because it was so fucking good. so good. This, the theater that it lives in right now in London is so beautiful. And it is, um, and they've really, one thing I love about theater in London is that because these shows are basically have residency in whatever theater that they're at the end. They really much take over that theater. Mm-hmm. So it's like the stage design bridges into the balcony and everything. So there's like all these books and it's very whimsical and it completely gives this effect where it's you feel like you're sitting so like on the stage wow. because the scenic design stretches far into the audience. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. And like on stage, this, this musical was like really has the best set designers because everything points to the original roll doll design it's so beautiful like the things are weird proportions things are weird sizes but it's all fun and it's a little and it's a little sometimes uneasy but it's always very childlike and i love it i adore it i would totally be down to see it by the way let's see it okay because okay so we keep trying to like plan like what we're gonna do and she has told me about this back to the future Oh, so good. That is a stage, and I, and she told about it once, and every time she's like, so what are we doing in London? I'm like, we're going to go see Back to the and Future. And I go, but what else? We're there for, for I, like six days. I know, and I'm like, no, no, no. Back to the Future. So Back to the Future, Matilda, I want to see, and I get the Christie, I don't know what Constance wants to see. Um, I don't know. I do, like, it is very imperative that I go to 221B Baker Street. Okay. Like, very imperative. Okay. Um, because... <laughs> 
I'm going to be. Sorry, I'm turning into such a. I'm turning into such a little nerd. But I'm going to be the girl with the pink suitcase. Oh, please do. That's good. Cause I have a pink suitcase. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. But don't murder me by a cabbie. I won't get into a cabbie. When I tell you I will not get into a cabbie, if I'm but. traveling with a pink suitcase, you bet best. Nope. Superstition. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Sherlock the Benedict Cumberbatch version. Um, let's open. But also, where have you been? Right? All, but they took it off of everything. Oh, that's right. They did. They did. They took it off of everything because I was going to show it to Sophie. And mm. and they took it off. And I was so upset. Mm. Um, speaking of upset, the rosé that we're having is unruly. Because we're unruly. That's that's what you do when you when you're a child. Because sometimes you have to be a, a little bit naughty. Ah, oh, look at that pork. Very good. Um, I whatever your your relationship is to this movie, I think I think everyone has some sort of childhood memory associated with Matilda because it's such a great book. I fucking I love this book. I have such clear memories of reading this book to my dad in the car. Because for a while it was like my road trip book with him. Mm. Um, and I loved the story. So good. And the movie, the original movie so good too. And then when they did come out with the musical, I was like, oh my god. And the songs are so much fun. And they're yes. so catchy. And then I saw the show and it was great. And then I watched this. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Is it unruly? Did you taste it? No, not yet. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like there's like five things happening uh, yeah, all at different times. There, yeah, <laughs> that is that is oh, accurate. There's not an aftertaste. There is a, a before, a, middle, a, after, and, and epilogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is it is fully bodied, fully bodied, fully bodied. Um, but it's like the body's like bouncing along on a trampoline in one of those. Yeah, you're like you're like <laughs> ah raspberry marks. ah strawberry ah what is that. <laughs> Um, um, anyway, so this this movie. This is the trailer. If we're watching the trailer, because it came out on Netflix. It came out on Netflix, and there were some things that occurred when this happened. So let's watch the trailer, and then we will go on. Once upon a time, there was a little girl who was very trapped. This little girl's bags under her eyes are so cute. That was me. I had the darkest bags in the box. She's great. Yeah. It's not so favorite thing. What I realize is music. It's like holiday in your head. Do you do that a lot? Get away from everything. Yes. Ah! The kids are great. You little bookworm. Daddy. You must sense if you have a spin. You're gonna make the trunk go now. Eggmistress of Crunch and all. Mm-mm. Oh no. Wait, why is it this December. Oh, that keg. I think about that cake from the original so often. Mm, mm-hmm. 
children never end revolting times we sing revolting songs you sing revolting lines we are revolting children we're not revolting stuff we are Wow. Wow. There was so much happening. Um, Honestly, I'm pretty impressed by the sound mixing of this of this trailer. Like, like they did a good job of, like, oh, giving yeah. you a little taste of a lot of the songs without it feeling like you were being pelted with music. Yeah, no, it was good. Because sometimes with musical trailers especially, they're like, song, 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 and you're like, ha, 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 that's how I feel. But this was good, and it gave you... I mean, this is such a... such an old story. Like, I feel like everyone kind of knows... Yeah, they know. ...the basis of Matilda. You should. I mean, if you don't, you're on Culture, it's wine. But if you do, um, you obviously watch Fairy Tales with the rest of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I... Okay. Here's the thing. I was going to be biased coming into this movie, regardless. Yes. Because I love the original so much i can quote it yes uh, like from beginning to end um (laughs) like it's bad uh it's one of the it's one of the movies that is like i know for for, shot for shot in my head and there's like 10 of them yeah that i have that are very shot for shot i know everything Mm -hmm. matilda is one of them yeah so it was hard going into this movie um just because i have very certain expectations yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, were they met? No. Would they have ever been met? Yes. Interesting. Um, but we we shall get into it. Yes. So the first, it starts off with the the miracle song, and it starts off in this horrendously yellow hospital mm-hmm. with you know Miss Wormwood talking to the doctor and be like, I feel really bloated, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, you're having a baby because it's the first episode of i didn't know i was pregnant yeah yeah um <laughs> and she is fully ready like her water is breaking in the chair yeah um which is good and i actually so i i this opening kind of gave me hope i didn't it didn't necessarily set up visually what i expected yeah. because it is very different stylistically from what you kind of expect from a roll doll movie um but I did appreciate, like, it's super, super saturated, red, yellows, blues. The the way that they did the beginning of of their parents talking to their newborn baby in the crib was cute. And it was very cinematic. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think this is a great way to meld the cinema into the theatricality of this all. Um, the sound mixing was really good. The voice acting was good. It felt, but my biggest problem is it just kind of still feels empty. It did. It, like, it just felt, it, it, okay. Hmm. How do I say this? So, when we watched Beauty and the Beast, the 30th anniversary, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, like, because it is a tale as old as time, and, okay, and, <laughs> and, 
you know okay yes um and you 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 already are coming in with the mindset that people know what's happening yeah because it just sort of felt to me like everyone was in that mindset like yeah they're like oh you know what's about to happen so we don't have to try that hard (laughs) yeah no that's what it was and it was like and i was like no but you you need to like you need to set up the world because it was it was on the verge of camp with no substance yeah and i and i love camp which this is that's the thing about roll doll books and why i think they do so well is because Roald Dahl was a writer who literally was a spy yeah, and had one of the hardest lives imaginable. And then he decided to go write children's books. And one thing is he never really lost his sense of wonder, mm-hmm. but he did take all of the life lessons that he learned throughout working for the government and like working in these crazy scenarios and being during during the world world war Two, like yeah like and took all that and still managed to show these events with the intensity of of a child who is witnessing something horrific but but coping yeah like all roll doll books are about coping mm-hmm. this movie didn't have that um, it really didn't so i don't know like also okay this is my color theory with this movie mm. also didn't make sense to me no the color theory was like in your face but with it didn't have reason it didn't have reason because to me like the hospital scene i'm not exactly sure why it was yellow because it reads of so much brightness and and just like overall happiness and it's like i don't like that because it doesn't really work like to me even like a purple like a nice purple would have done the same thing here's what i think i think all of like i feel like all because the 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 setup of this song is to be like look how much these parents love their child aren't children the most wonderful things in the world and then you meet mr and mrs wormwood and they are shitty and they don't want a kid and they're not prepared for a kid and then they send all the kids to um uh what is the school called Trunchum Hall. Yes, Trunchum Hall. Um, and I knew it was a pun and I couldn't figure out the pun in my head. <laughs> um, so what I think have happened is that anytime like there's like a happy family, um, it should yes. have been pastels. Mm-hmm. It should have been pastels, the things with, with the librarian, all of that should have been pastels because it's light, it's happy, it gives you the warmth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood should have been these intense, outrageous, super saturated yeah. Uh, pure colors because they are totally in your face and they're totally black and white and they feel how they feel on the subjects and mm-hmm. then Trunchum Hall should have been in grays which they have did that they put Trunchum Hall in grays yeah. and they put it in like this sort of drab very London uh, or London countryside color scheme vibe, color scheme yeah but for this color scheme for the beginning it was so it was so uh red yellow blue and yeah. just it, and it just and yes the the trunch pools had a lot more patterns and had a lot more out like like pinks and greens and whatever but yeah. it still it wasn't a clear enough divide it wasn't because it was kind of like these are silly people and they were silly yeah. patterns yeah but it wasn't it wasn't like I, they're just the colors didn't 
make sense for the vibe or the tone of the scene. No. And and I'm just confused as to why it happened. Because Yeah. And and maybe and I haven't read the source material. Maybe there's something to do with the absolute source material of the, like the book that maybe signifies the yellow or something. No. I didn't think so, but I just wanted to like throw that in. But it it just no. like the the overall vibes from the jump are just not like uh I can sit here and sit in and yeah know what I, because if we go to the the 1996 version mm-hmm. when they have their baby mm-hmm. it's very clear and they didn't need the color theory to do so yeah no but when you're singing a musical yeah you need that in order for it to translate yeah so basically right so they have the baby mm-hmm. and. and- and the doctor's like, life is a miracle. Like, yeah. I love that part. Um, the doctor I saw on in West End, fucking hot. <laughs> just gonna move past that. Um, but like that moment, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a whole little interlude where it's just like, what you mean my baby's a girl? And she's like, you have a beautiful baby girl, Mr. Wormwood. And he's so just like, my, my son is a girl. And he's so mad. Yeah. But, you know, they take her home anyway, and for the rest of her life, he goes, boy, and she goes, I'm a girl. <laughs> boy, I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah, which, like, also, the girl who plays Matilda, M- Matilda, 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 um, the girl who plays Matilda, she's adorable. She's doing, she does a very good job. She does a very good job. She had a whole weight on her so- shoulders, and there's nothing, yeah. like, they're, like, literally, like, she's phenomenal. All the children actors are phenomenal. Yeah. Like before we before we do anything, everyone needs to know that we love the children in the movie. Oh my gosh, so good. And that's the thing too, is like the actor, I don't have any qualms about any of the actors. No. I think all the actors were doing their best. Yes. They're on their marks. The children's dancing is phenomenal. Yes. And like all all are giving what they're supposed to. And there's even like lovely moments where where there's real humanity between between Matilda and her dad, and it's like all this, and like th- the problem is not the actors it's, whatsoever. It's not the actors, yeah. So we're just gonna we're just gonna start with that. Like we loved the acting in the film. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> we're we're moving along at a clip, and basically Matilda goes to the traveling library, which I love the idea I- of. Love that moment. I yeah. love having the traveling library. I think that's genius. Yes. Like, where I would like one, please. Yeah. And that is very, like, Roll Doll. It's mm-hmm. also very Lemony Snicket. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's that's good. Um, yeah. And I- the librarian's so sweet, and she, like, crawls up on the roof where Matilda's reading, and she's like, Matilda, um, I ha- we're closed now. And she's like, oh, well, I'll keep reading it while you pack up. And she's like, no, I, I already packed up. <laughs> We've been closed for, like, an hour. Yeah. I'm sorry, you have to go home. Yeah. Don't your parents miss you? And she's like, oh, yes, my parents miss me so very much. They love me. They always say how special and wonderful I am. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Matilda has a wide imagination, and she, this is how she copes. She tells herself that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Even when she knows it's not. Right. And also, like, her little sweet, her little voice being like, they tell me that all the time. And it was so sweet, and it was so... And this little girl does a really great job of being like, 
yes, these are the words that I'm saying because I know that they're supposed to be true, but I know they're not also, like, my life is pretty shitty, but... <laughs> yeah, no, like, she, oh, like, I, it did break my heart when she was like, uh, yeah, they love me. And I was like, uh, 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 child, help her. Um, so... We're going to be slipping in and out of this, this accent, just letting you know. Um, so, so she goes home and her parents are doing the wormwood thing where they are, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're selling bad cars, they're doing bad things. They're, they're collecting too many random knickknacks, they're eating their TV dinners, like. Yeah, and they're also yelling at her for being a smart child. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean you read? And she's like, I, I've been reading for a long time. Yeah, yeah, she's just kind of like, yeah. Like, you and your stupid books. Yeah, and and so she's, she, you know, we get the establishment that she's having a hard life. There is a song where she starts to be, like, starting the rebellion and taking it out on her father. Yeah, and it's, sometimes I have to be a little bit naughty. Yeah. And it's so cute, and I do, I really like... I like the cinematography of the dancing in this movie. Yeah. I think overall they did a really good job of being like, here's a big dance scene, but you can follow it. It doesn't feel like it's filmed on a soundstage, but it still feels very continuous, and they make excellent use of long shots um, and the spaces that they've created. And, like, she's, like, doing this really, like, she's, like, sneaking around. <laughs> she crawls out of her little attic and goes to their bathroom, and she does the, the whole thing where she mixes his hair tonic with dye. Yes. Um, and it's very good, and she crawls back up, and there's a whole little part where she does, like, fucking handstands on the roof. Yeah, that don't know was, I uh, don't know why, but it was fun. She almost battles a bird, and I would, but then doesn't, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna move on. Um, and so, you know, he, he has the dye in his head, and it obviously turns his hair, hair from brown to green, um, and which, again, it's fun. Yeah. Um. Still think I still think everything should be purple where where she is, because there's 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 too many yellow tones. I think green was in the source material though. No, I mean I get in the house. Oh, oh yes. So that way it kind of gives you like Joker vibes, but not. Mm, yes. But like that's why I'm saying I'm like that I like to me. No, I, yeah. I think it should be purple because it is like a like a oh, things are happy in her heart, but they're sad around her. Yeah. Because that's my definition of regal. Um, <laughs> so, like, <coughs> like... You're like, a royal if, you've li- if your entire family is surrounded by tragedy and you're just here. Yeah, and you're just here. Like, this will work. Um, so, it's, like, uh, they tell her that she's going to go to school. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yay! Because, you know, she the school a magical place of learning uh, yes and she's ready to learn and she goes to truncham hall um but she is also stopped by the library before mm-hmm. her, her trip to school and she has told the librarian the beginnings of a story oh yes i love this story um and i i like the i like how they set it up in this movie too i think they do a good job but it's a whole movie it's a whole story about an escapologist <laughs> and and his uh daring wife and they are all a part of the circus and they're setting up like the most insane act of all time and he's like the best escapologist in the entire world um and while she's walking the librarian through the story She'll just, like, build it up and build it up and build it up and the crowd will be cheering and everything will be happening and then something tragic will happen and then it stops because she yeah. doesn't know where the story's going. And the librarian never turns, she's like, no, 
tell me more tell me more <laughs> yeah she has her popcorn ready and she's just like tell me tell me also by the way i was watching bones without you yesterday i love bones but it's okay and 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 there was an escapologist type type scenario in the circus yes no i remember that one yeah and i was like and i was like oh they got over from here yeah it was a good time it's a good time it's a good one indeed um and she basically each time will be like i'll tell you more tomorrow and she's like but i'm not gonna be here tomorrow she's like well where are you gonna be and so each time she's like well i'll be over by the windmill and she's like that's a far ways away and mitchell's like i'll find you (laughs) (laughs) don't worry about it i got it (laughs) yeah she's like yeah it'll be fine so she ends up walking into truncheon hall and the children are terrified they're terrified any of the new little children are are being walked in together she finds a little friend to like hang on to and all of the older kids are are just like and there's the and there's the this song is so good it's good um because it basically the song is musical genius it walks you through the alphabet but not every word that they use starts with the alphabet, but it is the sound. Yeah. And uh, and this is something that they do take directly from the musical, where it's in the musical, they're basically building this block in the gate of where they'll just the... Uh, oh, my God, it was so amazing. Sorry. <laughs> um, where they start at the bottom with A, and there's, like, places in the gate where they shove these blocks so it looks like childhood blocks you're fitting the shapes in. Mm-hmm. And they're literally climbing up this gate on stage in front of you, and all and there's, like, six kids all hanging from this gate, like, doing this insane choreography. It's so good. It's good. And they do emulate that in the movie as well, where they, they have bits where it looks like the, the uh, camera will cut to a place and there will be the letter right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So good. And it all is like leading up to just you wait till Fizet because Fizet is the most scary of the classes because Trunchbull herself teaches it. Yes. And she hates children. She does hate children. And we get the scene where Trunchbull comes out um, and she's scary and she's big and and she grabs the little girl by her pigtails and throws over the fence. She used to be a fuck, what javelin shock put hammer throw. Yes. A hammer throw. Yes. So she'll, like, take kids and just, like, whip them across the field by the pigtails. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and she just she just generally doesn't like children, which is not a job requirement when it comes to being a principal. But, but it, it should be a part of it. it, it you, you would think it would be helpful. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I will she, say, though, I did never had a phys ed teacher who I thought liked children. Or they liked them a little too much. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, cause we definitely. Oh, did I not? Mm. No, what? Yeah, we definitely had a teacher sleep with a student in my school. Aww. He was a gym teacher. His name. I'm not gonna say his name on this. Okay. But wait. Ew, that's a terrible name. Does of course. It- does it not Every, sound? Change, change your name, sir. Change your name. Oh, well, he had to after that. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be. Couldn't be three miles from a school. He could not. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Anyways. Um. <laughs> so, they go into Trunchum Hall. 
And basically, she meets Miss Honey. Yeah, she's she's brought into uh, the classroom by Miss Honey, and Miss Honey is the loveliest of teachers. She's a little, she's the spark of light in this entire school, mm-hmm. and she's teaching. Oh my god! And I really love the way that they suddenly set up again. The writing, not the problem. No. I love the way they suddenly set up that um, how great of a teacher is because some some kid will be like, "This is happening," and she's like. It's okay. She's like, all the numbers in my brain is hurting me. And she's like, it's okay. This was for the adults. We're gonna we're gonna wipe it off the board. You're gonna be okay. Yeah. It's just just think about through it slowly. And so she of course sees Matilda being new and it's just like, Matilda, come up and wipe away the board. And there's like this big giant complex math problem on the board that literally takes up all of it. And mm-hmm. so while she's passing, while Miss Honey's passing out books or whatever, she turns around. And she's like, "Matilda, why aren't you erasing things?" And Matilda goes, "Well, I solved it." Yeah. And she's like, "So, do, do you like maths?" Matilda's like, "No, but I like reading." Yeah, and and she's and she's like, "Oh shit!" Right, right, because that is that is that is the that is the proper response to a, a child being that smart. Do not yeah. be intimidated by the child. Just help the child. Yeah, you should never... If a kid presents you something that's truly extraordinary, you should never be like, how the fuck did you do this? Because they don't understand that that they shouldn't. Yeah. Because they've never been told that they shouldn't exactly. have this knowledge. Yeah. So you're just going to go, wow, let's encourage this. Yes. And so she goes, what kind of books do you like, Matilda? What have you read this week? Mm-hmm. And Matilda lists off probably 25 books. Yes. Of like, Great Expectations, all of Jane Austen, all of this, that, the other thing, Grapes of Wrath, like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, oh, okay, well, well done. Uh- so, all this week? And she's like, yes. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that that's what this week is. Because again, good children do not know how to lie because they're children. lying is a teachable thing Mm -hmm. um so she goes and and she's kind of like she's too smart to be in my class she needs to be transferred to something else yeah so she basically goes to trunchbull who is you know scariest teacher of all teachers and she goes up and she's like miss trunchbull i i really like uh, i'm they they kept this part in where they, they there's a whole song knock on the door jenny just knock on the door and like it's pathetic and like she she <laughs> no no that's the name of the song <laughs> no, 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 no. the song is called pathetic because she's like just knock on the door stop being pathetic just knock on the door i, I just thought it was 11 o'clock um <laughs> no it's not She's not pathetic. She's doing a very strong thing because yes, she's terrified she of Miss Trunchbull. And so she comes in and she's like, Miss Trunchbull, I really believe Matilda Mumwood should be transferred to the with the 11th graders because she's very, very smart. And Trunchbull is offended. She's like, how dare you mess with the system? Yeah. She didn't learn to read our way. She didn't learn to do these things our way. What are the others going to think? No. No. Be rules. She's mm-hmm. not going to be. Yeah, which is, like, sad, because Matilda should definitely be challenged in her yeah. school. Um, and I'm really sad they took out one song for, for I mean, you know that Miss Honey is going to help Matilda regardless, like, you always know that, but there's this beautiful song in the show where, um, literally makes me cry, because uh, it's, this little girl, this miracle, mm. And it's and, she, and she's literally talking herself into, and she's standing up to this 
to this person who's been under been with her through her entire teaching career and it's just like i have to help this child yeah. in whatever way i can and that is one of the noblest things you can do as a teacher yeah. is because it's hard to be a teacher and anytime i really respect teachers because anytime that they go i'm gonna take some amount of my own energy my own time my own whatever to help this child grow they're doing that out of the kindness of themselves because they ain't getting paid for that mm-hmm. they are not they're not getting paid um so they go and basically Trenchfold is like no how dare you um and what happens after that um Trenchfold also has a whole song about um is that when that song happens i don't know we watched this a while ago <laughs> she does um I don't know. There's there's a whole part where where then Matilda like Trenchwell says no. Matilda goes back home um, and is acting and her father's being a jackass again about her books and so she goes, she has a little reprise um, and she glues his hat to his head. Yes, which is great. And he's like, "What the fuck can I get my hat off my head?" I know. But okay, the line that I think that they should have transferred over should have been the fibers are fused to my head like i fucking that line from matilda i love like that is constantly in my head like anytime i wear a hat i go the fibers are fused to my head and i think it's fantastic yeah oh my god that's great because it would have it would have gone i'm just saying like the fibers are fused to my head um i know and they also removed a song from the show, which I understand. Out of all the songs to like remove, this was the one. It's like it's it's a joke song for come back from intermission, mm. um, which is uh, it's Telly, and it's basically this kid. This the father has a son in the he's in the original movie too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A movie and the musical where they have a son, and he basically is teaching his son to sell TVs. Yeah, and Hawkum. Um, which I understand, but it is it is a song indicative of of like why would you need to do anything else in the world but watch the television? You can learn everything from there, yeah. and it's a direct correlation to why her daughter, why his daughter's so smart because she reads. Yeah, because she reads. Well, also like I don't understand because I was wondering why they got rid of the son in the movie. Because I I think it, I think they just didn't want. I mean, the way that the the family structure is set up in the musical movie, like it just doesn't. The sun doesn't add a shit ton more to the plot. I and think it, it adds sexism. It, it like, does. solidifies the sexism. Uh, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I guess they didn't want to... I honestly have no idea why they didn't keep that in there. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's like they could have just had... I mean, it's kind of... Like, even if you don't don't say anything about it, it is weird. It is weird. It is weird. But I, I yeah. don't know. It's anyways. So um, <laughs> um, we so they so then she goes back to school, right? She goes back to school. There's a kid being cha- They're in the they're in the playground, and there is a kid who comes out running out, Nigel. And he's like, I'm going to be murdered by the trunchbull. They're going to send me to Trokey. And because, um, he, because he apparently is being accused of eating all, eating a slice of the trunchbull's cake. Yeah, he's Brucey. Yeah, Brucey. So. So basically, what, what happens is there's an assembly. Where did Nigel from? Who's Nigel? I really doubt. No, Nigel. Oh, no, no, no. You got, I'm confused. Nigel's the kid who comes out and says that, that. 
that he ate the chocolate cake, which is Nigel, and then they put mm. they put the jackets around him, and and then everything, and then oh oh that's right no so Nigel is 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 accused, and so he's like you gotta help me. So Matilda's like everybody put your jackets on on Nigel. So they all do. Every single child takes off their jacket and puts it on this humongous pound, uh, humongous mound of coats yeah um and they all line up for trunchbull to come out and be like who did this and this is also the moment when she takes the little girl by her pigtails and literally throws her over the fence fence. um great moment um and then she goes who did this where's nigel where is he and matilda love this moment Mm. she goes He's over there under the coats, and everyone's like, how dare you betray Nigel? Where you've been, where he's been for the last hour and a half taking a nap because he is prone to narcolepsy. Yeah. So good. It's so good. Because she's like, wow, that's so in-depth. How did you, okay, he's prone to narcolepsy. Then he wakes up, and he's like, like have I been? Ah. Right. And so, and so then she's like, ah, so you didn't do it. And then she discovers that Brucey ate the cake because he belches and he's yeah. like oh. and so i will say trunchbulls like like every single punishment that is enacted on a child is in this movie comes from a very real place yes it does which that's just rolled out like that comes from a very real place and it's just you know exaggerated for the comedy of it and to make it make it okay to put in a children's movie yeah because like Trunchbull basically takes him into room, brings out a three-tier chocolate cake, and mm. says, Oh, you liked my cake so much. You thought it was so wonderful. Oh, wasn't it a delicious chocolate cake? Yeah. Eat all of it. Yeah. Right now. Mm-hmm. And sh- uh, otherwise, he has to spend the entire day in... In, like, in, in the trokey. In trokey, which is scary as hell. Yeah, and, and like... That's the same thing of, like, people being, like, smoke a whole pack of cigarettes. Yeah. My, my grandparents did that to my, to my, my dad and his, uh, because one of them showed up one day and, like, had cigarette, had a cigarette under his bed and they found it and my grandma had none of that. So she went to the store, bought a pack and said, okay, finish it. I think it's time you start smoking. Finish mm. it. And so now they're all so sickened by cigarettes. Yeah. They can't. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, I... I say what you want about punishment for children. Like that's I don't think you should make your kid smoke a pack of cigarettes. But like if you are trying to basically like that is a very real thing to mm-hmm. to stop a kid from doing something, you just go, Oh, have all the access you want from it and do it right now so you immediately associate with something bad. Well, see, now that is the that is the same the same argument for this is gonna be like it sounds from coming out of nowhere. But like Having having nudity on screen. Yeah. Just in general and just in general things. Yeah. Because in America we are so sensitized yeah. to like anything happening. And mm-hmm. like in Europe it's kind of like this is just what it is. There's a body, you have one, I have one. Yeah. And don't not, be showing it off everywhere, but like But like you funny. have one and it's like and it's like there's not the shame and the overall mm-hmm. like puritanical society that comes with that. So, I mean, there is an argument for it. When you give someone access to all of it, they also don't seek it out to the point of yeah. of detriment. Like it's the same thing of like our drinking age. Like yeah. it's like you you start them out young, they learn how to deal with it, they know how to drink in an, in a responsible way. Yeah. But when you start being like everything is forbidden fruit, it does 
Yeah, so so it's the opposite effect. It's just like, don't touch it because I said so. Yeah. Whereas, whereas this is like, oh, you want this? Oh, I don't care. So you immediately remove the novel of it, mm-hmm. and you also, you basically inundate someone with it so that it's too much. Right. Um, and so that's what she does to Brucey. And there's uh, this great song where all the kids are cheering on Bruce and like, you can eat it, Bruce, 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 Bruce. And it's great. And there's like strobe lights going. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, and he does finish the cake. Yeah. And. Also great practical theater on stage. Just saying. Yeah. It is good. And then she brings out. What does she bring out after that? Um. She, oh, she tells him that she's going, that he's going in the chokey, right? Yeah. No, she basically, she basically is so pissed that. <laughs> that he succeeds, so Trunchbull then just gives him to takes him to Trokey regardless, which mm-hmm. is just like, oh, so not only did you underestimate this child, you're now gonna punishment even like like you want to talk about the rules. Obviously, you don't care about the rules as because as long as you're in charge, mm-hmm. which that's a thing that I think happens in a lot of children's development is that is an adult will underestimate a child and they'll go, I got this, and then you still punish them? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that doesn't teach them a sense of right and wrong. No. Because you you already succeeded in making them never want to eat an entire cake again. Right. Because they had to do it. You didn't have to then punish them even further. Mm-hmm. Then you just got trust issues. Then you got trust <laughs> issues. So Matilda stands up. And then she's like, this isn't fair! Yeah. And she's like, no, this is not right. You cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And Trunch World is kind of like, you little, you know, no thing. Um, but Matilda can't do, doesn't have a big enough plan to do it yet. Mm-hmm. So she goes back to Mrs. Phelps and is like telling the librarian all about the rest of the story. And the escapologist is like getting more and more intense. And they're like setting up a whole thing where um, the she got where the his wife gets pregnant and then out of the woodworks comes their aunt who's like no this whole circus is left to me i shall be in charge of it all and if not there's a whole i don't know there's a whole part where there's just like you have to do this big giant stunt regardless otherwise i'm gonna take everything away everything from you, from you. Yeah. yeah um and so they do the big giant stunt and when they do even though she's pregnant mm-hmm. she falls mm-hmm. and it's very tragic and basically, she does give birth to the child, mm-hmm. but then she dies. She dies. But the child is left without a mother. Mm-hmm. And so he, the escapologist does try to live with the aunt for a while. The escapologist basically goes to, oh, it's his sister. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. The escapologist goes to his sister and is like, what, well, we'll live with you. And the escape college and the sister is tormenting his daughter yeah. while he's gone. And, and he, he doesn't realize it. He doesn't realize it. But then one day he comes home. Mm-hmm. And he finds out. And she gets very angry. And she kills his escapologist. Yes. And so, obviously, the librarian is very shook by this very tiny child telling her this story. This dark-ass story. Yeah. Which I also appreciate about Walt Bell writing. Yeah. It's like, he's like, little children are fucked up. Yeah. They are, there's such weird shit that, yeah. like, just, stories, the very dark stories. But I like that he was like, there's like an adult that goes, tell me what, and, she, and Mrs. Phelps is like, this is dark and crazy. Are you okay? Yeah. Like, she takes him on. She's like, Matilda, be honest. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like, where does this all come from? And she's like, I don't know. It just comes from my head. Yeah. And it's like, because at the end of it all, even though everything is painted yellow, literally, mm-hmm. she still knows what's going on around her. 
Yeah. No, and there's a great moment, too, that actually I don't remember being in the musical, but is in this movie where I'm like, where she she has a fight with Mr. Wormwood and is sent to her room, and then she basically sells the story a little bit more of, like, of the escapologist singing to his daughter, just like, I'm sorry I've left you, I'm sorry I've done this all to you, like, you are my daughter, I love you, and I shall save you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it comes right after her own father has basically emotionally abandoned her. Right, and so that's when we discover... That Matilda is starting to get magical powers. Yes, because the next day at at uh, Trunchamall, um, <laughs> on another drama. Um, so at Trunchamall, you obviously the newt is in the scene because we need the newt. We love the newt. Oh, we missed, um, because because she can't, they destroy Trokey, they destroy the Trokey box to get Bruce out, and then now Trunchamall is like you destroyed my uh, punishment room oh right and she's coming out to teach them all a lesson yes and so she's taking over the education of phys ed for or in like the entire education for a day and she teach all these little brats a lesson right because she well wait 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 wait, wait no because well, we discovered that she wait hang on because so we discover that she is 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 the has the magical power because she is able to close the door and crush the can then yes. she goes and she crushes the chokey as well because she's like i'm not gonna let brucey get in the chokey then now we're back at trunchum hall yes <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to open up the cookies so and quietly and then so so we did not vamp long enough <laughs> Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's so funny because okay, here's the thing. On the last episode, we had baked cookies. You have to open them. They're not open yet, dear. Oh, uh, I didn't realize they weren't open. No, they're not open. Um. Also, you have Oreos that are open. Uh, I wanted these. Okay, that's fine. Um, but we got these like lovely cookies from Target, and the, and they're so good. But I have to put frosting on mine because I like a little frosting. Um, so, basically, she comes in, transports all upset. She's like, you destroy my chokey, now you get physical ed. Mm-hmm. And they go, and they change out, and they're literally, like, running and changing into the, the gym clothes. Mm-hmm. At the same time, which is, like, also, like, no, don't do that to children. <laughs> um, and she has them running up and down all around. And she's really just putting them through the most rigorous, like, military training for eight-year-olds. And and basically, she goes to go get a drink of water. Mm-hmm. But... Oh, and then... And no, okay. So, what, what... So, Lavender has gone and tried her own act of little rebellion, where she, like, tries to put the newt in the water. Yes. And then she... And, like, Trunchbull almost drinks it, but then discovers, and it's like, Who did this? Who did this? And there's a beautiful song of Matilda being, uh, it's called Quiet, and where there's this whole big uh, build-up and the song starts very, very low because it's basically, uh, it's like it's like you can watch the rage building in this little girl and it's great. Yeah. Little girls, if you didn't know, are filled with rage most of the time. Yes. At least of our generation. Mm, no. I think of every generation. It's, I love reading, like, diaries of uh, like diary entries of like girls from like the 1900s and 1800s because they're fucking wild we okay we are so mad 
We are, honestly, this, we are so mad and just honestly just frustrated at everything that we just can't, like, we can't stand you. And because we don't, and because we don't have the benefit of having testosterone running through our veins deeply. Yeah, we can't just be like, no, it's the testosterone. But yeah, yeah, we can't make up excuses. We have to be nice and polite all the time. And all we want to do is punch you in the motherfucking face. When I tell you, we're like, I was in an acting class and the teacher was just like, you're filled with a lot of rage, aren't you? And I was like, yup. And and like half the class was like, you are a rageful person. Like, they didn't know. And I'm like, you couldn't tell by the entire everything about me. Yeah. Like, you say stupid shit all the time. You're lucky I didn't fucking break your nose. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't. Like, you know, mm, like, just thinking, just thinking, just thinking about the rage that I have inside me makes me rageful. That's how much rage mm-hmm. is inside me. We are all tiny hulks. We are all tiny hulks who just want to power up and punch you in the nuts that's all we want to do i did that as a child i I kicked another kid (laughs) in the balls i kicked a kid in the balls because he was holding on my scarf and i fucking was pissed about it i lost my tooth my first tooth ever over a blanket fight because this bitch victoria victoria okay first of all she she forgot her mat and her blankie mm-hmm. for nap time. That's understandable. It's fine. My mother had quilted me a dinosaur blanket. And it was nap time and I was supposed to go to sleep. She kept hogging my blanket. It's my goddamn blanket. Bring and, and she was hogging it. And I was like, Victoria, please give please victoria and she was like get your own and i was like this is my own and that was like my sparta so i i started fighting over the blanket i was like oh hell no and and and, and this was right after spanish class and so, the, you know, I also had the fiery in me. I was like, Senorita! Like, I was mad. And so, so she literally, she starts to, she starts to, like, pull it. And for some reason, there was something within me that said, I'm stronger in my teeth than in my arms. So I, bite her? I put the blanket in my mouth <laughs> and pulled it away like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love little kids. And then, and then what happened was I was pulling it away. I pulled it away. And at the time that it pulled it away, Miss Lee, who, by the way, what was she doing at her goddamn job that she just didn't this whole tiny year old fight? And she she turns on the lights and she's like, what is Happening. And she looks at me and she goes, Why are you missing a tooth? And I was like, What? And she was like, Your mouth is bleeding. And I was like, I was like, What do you mean? So then, so then, and so then she was like, Where is the tooth? So then she has to find the tooth too. Because she's, 
she, cause she looks at me and she goes, is this your first tooth that you've ever lost? And I said, yes. And she was like, oh God. She's like, fuck, your mom's gonna kill me. Yeah. And so she like finds the tooth. She puts my name on it. She takes me to the bathroom and she's like, she was like, go to the bathroom, take a paper towel and soak the blood that's coming from your gums off of your cheeks. <laughs> I hope you're not a good <laughs> Because I have literally lost the tooth in my first fight ever. And, and, and now there's also blood on my blanket. No. Because I bit it like a dog. <laughs> and pulled it away from Victoria. And so, and so she like wraps up. Everything. I remember coming back from the war scene that it happened like my hair is messed up and I'm the only like black person in this class so like nobody can help me and then everyone is like waking up and being like why did Tabitha get into a fight she's so kind (laughs) and everyone is mad at Victoria everyone is mad everyone took my side and they were like she shared your blanket she shared her blanket why you fight her over her blanket? Like, I remember, I remember it was like, it was like, but she shared. Why you no share? Like, I remember that. I also have beef with sharing is caring because, like, stop telling kids that they have to share things that they are so uncomfortable with sharing. Mm-hmm. Blankets, food, like, don't. <laughs> Your favorite childhood toy. Like, I know, I know this rabbit looks like it's been through three goddamn nuclear wars. Yes. But this is my rabbit, and I don't want to share it with any fucking Mr. Body. Whiskers is goddamn mine. He's mine. I will share other things. This is important to me. Because it's never like, hey, why don't you want to share? It's like, share with that person. I'm like, I don't know this bitch. I don't know. I know she's another child. I don't know her. I don't know her. And also, I don't trust her. I don't know I don't like the look that she's got in her eye. I know that when she gives it back to me, it will be broken. I know it. But yet, parents will look at other parents and be like, how dare you tell your child not to share? Like, how te- dare you not tell your child to share this thing that they're holding? And you, And then I see other parents be like, well, it's my fucking child. Yeah. And it's their fucking toy. So, like, don't tell me how to parent. Yeah. Don't tell me how to parent. Don't tell me. Because, like, honestly, if they don't want to give it, sometimes, sometimes it's because you know you finna get it back broken. Like my ice skating Barbie. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brand new. Out of the box. He was 16 years old. Like, what? Like. I know this person's going to break this. Yeah. Don't tell me they're not going to break it. Don't tell me they're not going to break it. They've broken other things. I've watched them break things. I've watched them break things. And then you want me to trust them? That's why we... Ha- you know what? That explains men and men we like so clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the thing. is like when you force children to share things, they don't understand where the line of consent is. Yes. Uh, and then... And then you're, and then you're, you know, in your heart, you know, deeply in your heart, you're like, I want to do this, but everyone told me I should do it. So, so you're like, this might as well happen. This might as well happen. If that's the thought, don't do it. Don't do it. Cause, cause guess what? Your heart is your favorite toy. Going back to the movie, so um, oh, yes, yes, Matilda. Yes, yes. Matilda. 
What's all that? This is NPR coming back to you from two girls uh, with mics lose their minds. Um. So basically, what happens? Um. So Matilda realizes she sings a whole song, and then she realizes she has fucking magical powers. So she so Trunchbull is yelling at this child, and she yeets a glass of water (laughs) across the playground to put the newt. That was the last time to be that was the wrong time to be taking a drink when you said yeet because I literally inhaled and you said and she yeets and I was like oh god <laughs> this nude undetrudgeable. Um Yeah, so she she yeets it and when she yeets it basically um honey has to step in because she's like, No, you can't be mean to the children. Yeah. And 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 is this where we find out that that honey and Trunchbolt are yes because honey brings matilda home with her and she's like this is where you live this is trash (laughs) (laughs) matilda's gotta like i live in a shitty house what are you living in (laughs) because miss honey's literally in like like she has to give money to her aunt Mm -hmm. because when her parents died her aunt took her house <laughs> Having a realization, <laughs> um, and and the aunt turns out to be Miss Trunchbull. Yes, and that's why she's been working for her all this time. Mm-hmm. And she, like she says that, well, Trunch, my aunt got me my job here and whatever. But that's and she was literally abused by Trunchbull. Yeah, she was abused by Trunchbull, and it's Stockholm syndrome, and she mm-hmm. stayed because she thinks she has to. Um, and so then that's when uh, Matilda realizes that she is the escapedologist and she's the daughter of the yeah. escapedologist. Because it's a crazy parallel. And she's like, was your father an escapologist? And Miss Henry's like, how did you know? <laughs> how did you know that, strange little girl? This is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's that the stories that she's been told in is the story of Miss Honey. And she's like, I gotta help this woman. Yeah. So she's like, I gotta help her. So there is a plan. There is a plan to take charge of Trunjum Hall. Mm-hmm. And she walks in with all of the authority of a man who is 45, just getting chicks off a of sunset. Like, that's. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I got this. Yeah. Watch me. <laughs> Watch me. Where she has all. No, she has all the authority of Jason all the she is all. So Jason Oppenheimer you goes to the gym I work at. You said this the last time we recorded. Oh, we did. Yeah. For oh, I did because yes, repo man, that's been a while. It's it been- hasn't, but it, it feels like it's been a while. <laughs> I know it hasn't though. Damn. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. She walks in with the, <laughs> with the audacity of Jason Oppenheimer. <laughs> the same height oh no 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 no, no. redacted redacted oh no he <laughs> doesn't remember who i am it's fine no, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna have to i'm gonna have to that yeah he doesn't know who i am i just in case just in case we become really like popular we want to make that sure point, i hope that i'm making more than him you do have to remember, he is a white man. We're never going to make yes, more than him. Yes, he has a fake job. He does. 
does. not good at what I do. He does have a he fake job. He's not even good at what he does. No, he's not. I feel like me being better, What if I we get to the level of famous that he is, me being better at what I do will automatically place us. Babe, we hope to be more famous than Jason. <laughs> it's not even that famous. I believe. <laughs> I don't. But it's fine. Um, anyway. By the way, always be nice to the people around you. This is just a nice little reminder. All right. Because if not, people will talk about you on the internet. We will. Um, oh, my God. Boy, do I have a story for you, too. Ooh. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she uh. walks in, and, she, and uh, Trunchki is basically... Trunchki? Trunchbull. <laughs> Trunchbull is has decided that not more punishment is needed. By the way, when you said Trunchki, that made me want Mexican foods. Because <laughs> <laughs> Trunchki, I I don't know what it was. No, but- I know. Um, I love Mexican food. <laughs> it's so good. You know, but we're gonna have to eat like so much before we go to Europe, right? Like I'm gonna like because there's not gonna be any. No, there's not, but there's Indian food, and there's, like, other shit. That's I good. know that there is, but you know how much I love yeah. a taco. Yeah. And I know that, you like, Greek food is very similar, like, because you got the it's pita. Not, and not, But it's just different spices. But it's the same, it's the same concept, but it's different spices. Not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, that's one thing I haven't had in a long time is Greek food. Let's get Greek food. I love Greek food. Give me. Oh. We'll go get Greek food after my show. Oh, okay. I was talking about tonight, but all right. Well, we can get Greek food tonight. That's okay. Okay. There's a place off of. <laughs> oh, there is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. I don't, they probably deliver too. I'll look. I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So she is punishing she, she any child that misspells a word is going to be put into trunchki and she has a line of trunchkis all around the room and there's a big moment where she like slams on the ground and the doors fall open and it's just spikes and doors everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So basically she's got a bunch of chokies. She's got a bunch of chokies everywhere. And and now is the time that the children say, Oh, Fuck you. Like, they start, so she starts doing the thing, and she's like, spell the word right, and she starts with, like, cat and dog, and then she moves to bigger words, and of course, every fucking child is smart, and we're taught by Miss Honey, queen of the teachers, and they can spell it right, and then she makes up a very long, stupid word. Queen B of the teachers. Heard it. Pardon? I heard it. Uh, she keeps, (laughs) it's so... So she she makes up a word, and of course this cat is like, the, eh, she's getting it pretty far. She gets probably like 15 letters in, and then she's like, that was a made-up cue. <gasps> and the, all of the students are like, fuck this. Yeah. And thus the best song of the show it, kicks into action. It and does. And little Brucey gets up on the table and goes, wow. Hang on, hang on. Wait, set, set it up, set it up one more time. No, I set it up once. Never again will she get the best of me. Never again will she take away my freedom. The day 
stupid. And the children are all getting up on the desk one-on-one, and it's, this is Sparta, but at a level that children understand. And they start break dancing. And they start fucking taking over the school. They're out in the halls. The speakers are blaring, the children revolting. Yeah. Revolting. Kicking the best dance of your entire goddamn life. And then they're dancing now. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's really good dancing, too. It's so good. This entire scene might have saved the movie for me. Because it's fucking, like, the way they, they put, it's like, High School Musical again, but with little angry children, and it's so much better. I, yeah. I think High School Musical, that is fucking an angry story, is fucking great. It's so good. Love it. It's Love it. It, it. That is, so, okay, there are a few songs that I would do before work every day. Oh, and, yeah. And Revolting would be one. Mm-hmm. And then followed by one day more because mm-hmm. God damn did I hate my job. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Those are the songs. Those are the songs, and they're so, they're good. so good. No, I would like on the way to or from school, especially after a bad day, I'd be like, "Revolted Children" is the jam. Yeah, because it's like it's a theater kids teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's, great. it's so. It's funky and it's good. And it's there's just like it's good. got a great. It's almost disco and I love it. It's got such a good edge to it, and it's and they like okay they did like they did that song absolutely correct. It does bring up the overall scale of the movie yeah. because it is so good. Like and but that's you know what that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You don't get the goosebumps until that song. Yeah, which Matilda's a show again. If you had kept in this little girl, goosebumps would have been earlier. Hmm. So basically, basically, what happens is they they go through and then they save the day. Um, and they run Trunchbolt out of Trunchum Hall, and Matilda's mm-hmm. parents. While all of this has happened, um, have decided to move to Spain because his, her father has been caught for fraud. Yeah, because that's kind of what he does. Um, and he kind of is like, "All right, let's go." And Matilda's like, "I don't want to go. I've got adoption papers." And yeah, and Miss Annie's like, well, I'll take care of her. Like, I if like I would, it would be an honor to raise Matilda. And she and Matilda have this lovely moment. And the father's kind of like, someone's fucking stole my child, but I don't really want to take care of her, so it's okay. Yeah. And he goes, you want to stay here? <coughs> I guess I got to do my fatherly duty to do that, right? You want to stay here? And she's like, yes. And she's like, okay. Mm. And they have a firm handshake. Yeah, and it's very nice. It's very nice and respectful. He was kind of like. Listen, I never understood you. I never was going to understand you. That's all right. You're going to stay here. And that's the end of it. And that's the end of our story. And it's this kind of moment of like, that's all you really need as closure Mm. if you are in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Is the person going, ah, I have fucked up. Be be in a better place than when you were with me. Yeah. That's all you need for closure. Yeah. Yeah. You never get that because an abusive person never thinks that's the right place. But nope. that is the natural arc of an abusive, yeah. especially uh, especially parental child yes. relationship. Yeah. It'd be nice. But anyway. Heavy <laughs> <laughs> size. So Honey adopts Matilda and they get back uh, her house. 
Yeah, they get back her house. And the magic goes away because she doesn't need it anymore. She doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tabitha, no writing a script about magic. Things happening. Shh. All right, and redacted. And so, <laughs> and so the movie ends, and it's wonderful. Um, all righty. So, uh, would you like to play truth or drink? Yes. What would you wait? Rate the rose. It's okay. It's yeah. it's like solid. Like I will give it. Mm, it's six out of ten. Random floating. Uh, hot air balloon scenes I didn't really care for because that's one thing just hand me the other just hand musical me the other. that um, I don't I don't I don't understand why they why she's in a hot air like I understand it from a this is an imagery that's that shows a separation of earth but also peacefulness and the quiet like there's no the, the thing about quiet is that it's the slow steady build of absolute just injustice yeah but putting it on a hot air balloon is like i'm just it's it's escapism rather than coping mm-hmm. that's the thing i was i was a child that i escaped mm-hmm. i would read because it was how i escaped <clears throat> i was not about to to be like be like i'm a fought back like I, that wasn't me yeah. i i went check out it's the difference between dissociating and like just keeping it to until a boiling point where you can't do anything else but fight back yeah and putting in a hot air balloon is dissociating whereas the song is really about this child reaching her end yeah. to where she cannot possibly do anything mm-hmm. but change it yeah so that's my problem with that uh, and also the problem with the ro- rosé. Okay. <laughs> so the rosé is like, yeah, it's here, but it's not. It's, it's not anything special. Yeah. It doesn't feel like anything. It it tastes like a lot of things. It tastes like a lot it of things. It honestly is a perfect rosé for this movie. It yeah. tastes like a lot of things. But it almost is okay, but it, it's but, not. But there's no substance there. And yeah. so I would rate the rosé honestly like a 5 out of 10. Um, hmm. Five out of ten uh, plaid costumes, because again, it was the, it was the. That's how I feel about the plaid. It feels mm-hmm. like a, this is how we're telling that we're quirky, with the with the patterns and the polka dots, but yeah. it's not, but it's not actually there in the overall vibe and feel. It wasn't. It this wasn't a movie, made, made, f- of um. Uh, this wasn't a movie directed by a person who was yeah. odd. Yeah. This is what someone's version of, of classic odd. weird was, yeah. which is like when you were an odd kid, that's what, what I always mean why where's the heart is because you can't help but put this weird thing in it because you brings it, it brings you so much joy mm-hmm. or so much just like, ooh, isn't this funny? Yeah. Not, it should never be an image of what you think is funny mm-hmm. or an image of what you think is scary or an image of what, you have to do the things that make you feel that way as an artist, as a director. Yeah. God, why did the rosé get us to that deep subject? I don't know. That's wild. That is wild. <laughs> um, okay, what is your question? My question says, what's something you understand about your parents now that you're grown up? Do they know you know? <laughs> what's on opposite ends of the spectrum right now. Yeah. What's, oh, 
was asking it to you. Oh, you were asking it to me. Because I've got a frame how I'm going to say mine. Okay, so what's something that... Um, I would say I found out... <coughs> like, I found out that I was my father's secret family after he died. Um, he doesn't know, you know. So he did not know that I knew because he was supposed to tell me but did not. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 it. <laughs> that, really? That's 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 one of the big ones. Um yeah, yeah. Um I don't know. I feel like this last year especially, I both my parents listened to the podcast. So hi mom, hi dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I think in the last year especially, I part of my transformation into adulthood is really understanding why my parents were doing the things that they were doing. Uh, and like stories that you hear about them and you kind of go what that was you huh because like there's always like a like a and i there's the image you have of your parents and then there's the image that their friends have of them yeah so in the last year i've heard a lot more of like stories that i never got to hear because you don't want to tell your kid about that yeah and i kind of go and through my own experiences this past year i go oh, this is a trait that comes from my mom or my dad. Yeah. And this is how it shows up in their adulthood. And so this is how I'm either going to choose to emulate that or try to make better choices. Yeah. And I think I think my parents have seen me kind of go through that change in the last year. Yeah. Um, sure. And I think there's always, I don't know, in the past year especially, I feel like there's always a sense of my parents and I looking at each other and being like, ah, this is a thing I didn't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's like, okay, you're doing good. You're trying. Yeah. Get on out there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think, the, I will say this, from, from like, my mom, the one thing that I didn't realize, and, like, I don't think she also correlated, was, like, my sense of wonder. Mm-hmm. Because she was very fantastical in all aspects. Oh, yeah. So, like, she was, like, <laughs> she would get grape juice and put it in a wine glass. And pretend no. to, yes, she'd be like, I'm so fancy. Like, she would do that <laughs> once a week. And <laughs> But that was also your mom being like, I need to feel wonderful, so we're doing something that's cool. Yeah, yeah, she was like, like, and it would be like a little crayon grape bottle, and she would like pour it over ice cubes, and she'd be like, oh. And then like when it wasn't, it would be like when she had it chilled, she'd be like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that's. That's who my mom was. And so, like, I feel like my fantastical sense, like, she never really attributed that to herself. Mm-hmm. She always was like, oh, you're just like this. But I'm like, no. That's you. That that was all I love, her. I love growing up and seeing the things you get from your parents that they don't realize. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because it's such this pure thing because it's also like when you notice it in yourself and you notice it in your parent, it's like... It's like this little love. It's like it's like one of the most true forms of love they yeah. could ever give you. Yeah. Because they don't even know that they gave it to you. Yeah. And so you're like, no, this is why I love the thing that I love. Because yeah. I didn't realize that my grandparents love dancing, and that's where my love of dance comes from. Yeah. Because my dad would see them dance, and I didn't know that. So I always knew I got it from him, but I yeah. didn't know that he got it from his grandparents. Yeah. And also, too, there was this weird little mirror image thing where I saw my other grandparents dancing with <laughs> yeah that was so dancing. cute and i was like oh no this is love because because yeah. it's when you get to see the parts of your parents that are their childhood wonders mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful and i think I, 
It was good. That was that was a beautiful moment too. That was like I was like, oh, yeah, because I was like, I was doing a puzzle. They were dancing. My mom was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and Tabitha was, yeah. yeah. was also there doing the puzzle with me, and it was yes. a fucking hard puzzle. I was there. But it was this moment where it's like they were dancing to the dance from Pulp Fiction, and I was like. How many times have you done this and I didn't know? Yeah. How many times has this this beautiful moment occurred and then I just get to be there and witness it? Yeah. It's so impactful. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. All right. What's your question? <laughs> My question is, what's a comment someone made about you that burned itself into your mind forever and ever? And altered your behavior. They didn't really have to say that. <laughs> Forever. Ever, but they did. <laughs> Everything. Uh, right? No, I mean... I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that I've been like, this is a thing that I remember a part of my life before mm-hmm. I could remember it existed. So, like, singing and, like, performing for me. My dad talks about my first audition. I have no memory of that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that I heard something once a long time ago and was like, we're sticking with this. Yeah. And it like and it informs the way you are. Like I feel like as a baby, there's a lot that's said about you, mm-hmm. and that all teaches you to be. So so hopefully you turn into everybody's best version of you. Right. But everything anyone ever says to you, I think, does have an impact. It's just. Over the years, you hear certain things less and less and less, or you hear, hear things more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So that's how you help kind of guide the truth of who is you, mm-hmm. and it's all on how you respond to that. Yeah. So I, anything that is directly said about me, I feel like it affects me. Yeah. Was there one thing in particular? Mm. I don't know. The thing that like is mostly directed me right now is the idea that someone told me I was intimidating, and I had no idea mm. that I was ever yeah yeah that makes sense because it's like you don't because if you're an actually intimidating person you don't know that you're doing it (laughs) i have no like no someone's just like no you're intimidating and i was like what like i'm an open book like i'm a whatever and then i went to a friend and was like this person said i was intimidating i'm not right Mm -hmm. and some of my friends would be like no you're literally like a you're literally like a teddy bear like you're a mom friend They're, you're the most safe person and other friends would be like you didn't know yeah like you didn't how do you, how did you not know you were yeah and then it's like hearing that is like so that's the initial thing that spurred that but then it goes into like what and it's very much changed the way i look at myself in this last year yeah because now i've started to like compare myself like oh this is an intimidating thing that i am this is not why I'm intimidating, though. And it kind of goes, but also the things of why I am intimidating, I only show on in public. Mm-hmm. And the other things are like, no, people don't know that until they know about that or unless they're really good at reading people. Yeah. And I was like, <sighs> yeah. Weird. Yeah. I feel that. What about you? Like, mm, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I feel like so many things are said about me at all times. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's and I and that's not like in a, like a narcissistic way. It just feels like, it just feels like. No, I feel that too. It just feels like some people feel like they need to tell me who I am mm-hmm. at all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's weird because it's kind of like the you're funny and it's like okay so you bank that away and then it's like you're light in this world and you're like okay I bank that away and then it's like 
you're ugly and then you're like okay i make that away like and yeah. it's <laughs> like and it's just like stuff like that and i just oh, yeah and i and it's like you don't know honestly what's real and what's not because you don't know what the filter is yeah. and you and you and it's not that you and it's and it's not that you're like trying to skew it one way or another it's that like when you get very harsh opposites of the spectrum it's hard to distinguish what is true and what you believe about uh, and what you believe about yourself right because the instant the 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 thing that makes sense to you is don't be prideful don't be vain think the worst thing because that's probably what everyone is thinking yeah, but that's not a good self-image. Right, but then you're like, oh, but I don't have a good self-image anymore. Whatever. But, like, <laughs> like, but like, it's, like, it's so weird. So, like, it's, like, I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of things said about me, and everything has stayed. Everything, I can remember almost everything. I that, can, I don't think I can remember everything that was ever said to me, but I remember one thing that was said about me by every person. Yeah. Like, that's, and, like, because it is those moments of like, oh, this is your world for you. Mm-hmm. Because there is there, you get the sense from different people what what they value most in a person. Yeah. And what they what they value that about you. Yeah. I think that is always very clear. Yeah, and like I think I think the one thing that's always stuck with me the most is a lot of like just random people will come up to me like at this grocery store or mm-hmm. at. Or just, like, random places that I will be. Mm-hmm. And they will be like, oh, well, you are, you just seem like such a kind person. Mm-hmm. Or you just seem like you are are really funny. And as much as it's like, okay, thank you. But then you kind of have to go, I can never not be this person. Because if that's the good thing that people say about me then that's what I should be at all times Mm -hmm. so then it also does form like who I am in public and who I'm who I am in private because like there is the comedy of when I'm in in public and then there is the comedy when I am like alone like just like hanging with you yeah where it is different and I know it's different the the jokes I say in public are very different than the jokes I make at home yeah and it's like and because it's like you can't let people know whatever it is because it because it feels like that shade of you even though it is you is the is the darker part of you that people can't see and and so it because it is also very much like humor specifically Mm -hmm. half the time humor is funny because it's true Mm -hmm. so it's humor especially like you hide what you think is funny or you hide the certain types of jokes you make because there i think everyone's always made a joke that was like a little too far in one direction yeah. and they read the room and it went oh, oh people don't find that funny yeah oh. oh which that's kind of the part of you that is like oh yeah interesting i think a lot of people's coping lies and where their humor is oh a thousand percent i remember okay this is i remember one day we were in like a dressing room at forever 21 mm-hmm. and i made a joke about myself like i always do yeah and i remember my friend literally was like you are so mean to yourself Mm. and I was like yeah but it's a joke and she was like no like you're just mean to yourself she's like you're not mean to anybody else you're just Mm -hmm. mean to you and I was like oh that's interesting I'm gonna just bank that away and we're gonna leave this dressing room of the forever 21 like (laughs) like like, 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 like also we were in 
a weird situation when we were all in a handicap stall. I don't even know why that was happening. It's because you all change with your friends when you're at a mall. Yeah, yeah. You so, go, I don't want to have to walk out of this stall. Like, we're just going to change together and show everybody. Yeah, we're just going to, everyone's doing everything at once. And so, and so I just remember being like, oh, damn. Like, that was just like a lot to process. And when I tell you, I have not mentioned that comment in nine years. <laughs> Because yeah. it's just like, it's like, ah, shit. But you just go, okay, that is life. And then you go, okay, Sarah, Sarah. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No, no more. Um, so basically what we're saying is, is that be nice and kind to us. And give us a review on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. Why did you write the movie? Oh, God. Um, no, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> This has been one of the wildest episodes. It is. It's so. It's so deep. I'm so sorry, everyone. Um. So. Um. The. Um. Um. So the movie is. I think, so here's the thing: is I think this movie. Uh, you while well, you formulate. No, I got it. I got it. The okay. movie for me is a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, seven out of ten traveling libraries, mm. because. I wish it had all of the love of the traveling libraries. Hmm. Like that's that's, yeah. that's that's truly what it is because the idea because the the thing is Matilda is a girl who is full of love and she takes it all from books because mm-hmm. because when you when she lists off all of the books that she reads it's people who are searching for love and people who don't know how to find it. Yeah. And 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 that's what the traveling library like meant to me. Like it's like when you're a, a girl who grows up and she reads and she's different and she doesn't really understand everything that's happening around her and so she literally is learning to read because she has to search mm-hmm. for the answers mm-hmm. and that and that goes around with you and it and it just travels with you like the traveling library gave you that because it's like mm-hmm. you're searching for the love of reading and you're searching yeah. for the understanding and you're willing to do anything to find it that's why she's like no i'm gonna find you don't worry i will find this library because this is where love is for me yeah and like and and i wish that that idea had been transferred throughout the entire movie which is yeah. why it got a seven because yeah. it's like that idea is so solid and so right mm-hmm. about the everything about Matilda and about mm-hmm. everything about being who she is. But there's something about the heart that's just missing. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that the actors could have done. And there's nothing that the editors could have done. And I'm not even certain it's something that the script should have done. But it's something, there's something missing. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it might be that it's just not a passion project. Like yeah, and it's probably someone who who loved, who loved the musical, loved the source. There is love there, but it's not like if I didn't make this, like because that's what I feel about the original, like yeah. like Princess Bride, uh, original Matilda, like movies like that go even like Casablanca and like yeah. stuff like that. It's like they last because the original Hocus Pocus people made these because they didn't know who wouldn't make it mm-hmm. if they didn't have the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was bound to happen with Matilda because it literally went from passion book to passion movie to passion musical. Yeah. And then the last thing was like, 
oh, but I didn't know that there had to be a passion to make this musical into the movie that already existed. Yeah. It was like one, it was one too many polishings. Yeah. Like, you've, you've polished away too much of the rock so that there's not that shine left anymore. Yeah. It's just, it's just nice. It's just nice. And it's fine, but yeah. it's, it's sad. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, okay, for, like, if I have children, will I show my children both? Yes. Yeah. I will. Will one be played a thousand percent more in that VHS tape? A thousand percent! I watched all the Cinderella's. There was one that kept being played. Yeah. There's just one. And you know, and so it's just, it's just like, I wish, because I was really excited for this, but it's just, it is what it is. What would you rate it? I would give it, I would give it a seven out of ten, um, dancing through the halls to the beat of rebellion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, because I think this movie does carry certain elements but my biggest thing is is those moments bring me joy in this movie because they brought me joy from the book before Mm -hmm. like the feeling is there yeah the feeling in that moment is so true from the original source material and the original passion that it reads through but overall this musical i remember watching it like and when it finished we were both kind of like it was good but it's like you've seen so many amazing versions of the story before that it's like and this was good was was yeah no it reminds me of the original so of course i'm gonna like it yeah it's like it's like a grandparent who goes i like this child because they're related to this daughter like that's what it is yeah um and that's okay it's just not i just don't like for a show that is has so many elements of abuse Mm. of of coping of depression of anxiety of learning to fight against things that are of injustice of all of this layered layered plot and mm-hmm. layered themes because everything the fact that this does get it it was just good it's not good it's, enough it's not good enough and and i know it's hard for people who grew up on the original um but like for you like you like the new Sabrina better than the old Sabrina, which makes no goddamn sense to me. So it is possible. It is possible for you to meet that threshold. No, but there's also, but I, on the reverse side of this too, is like, I feel like they were trying to, the reason that it is really empty to me is there wasn't the step forward to make it, to tell the story that needed to be told now. Mm -hmm. Because this does still feel like, oh, we're telling the story that needed to be told in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. Not the, this is how this movie is so great because i do think the musical goes this is how what the story that was needed to be told right here and now Mm -hmm. this one is goes these themes don't really need repeated we're remembering it's about the nostalgia not the carrying the message forward yeah a thousand percent that's thousand thousand percent whereas i do think the new sabrina carries a message forward (laughs) yeah yeah, sure Mm, whatever um (laughs) all righty so and the ramen that we had again was susuru so sorry sorry to all of the other ramen places um they got three free plugs that's just how it is um be sure to reach out to us if you would like a ramen plug because we will do it um so where can they find you daria they can find me at good hub 28 where they can they find you uh, they can find me at Tabitha underscore the one and only, and then you can find our podcast at RomanRosePodcast.com. Um, and yes, so 
hopefully uh, we hear some reviews pretty soon. We will check before the next episode if we got any, because um, we've been recording back to back to back. Um, but we will check again. We didn't get any, but we will check again, and 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 we will love from you. There. We love we love you. Eddie loves you. Um, there's love everywhere. There's love everywhere, especially in books. Go to your local library, get a new library card. Also, musicals, stop adding random songs that you don't need into a musical. Stop doing that Unless shit. Unless you're Dolly Parton <coughs> adding it to, the, to uh, the best little horse in Texas, stop it. Yeah, it's really annoying. We actually don't like that. That's the PSA. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>